Hi, I'm Pawi, and you're listening to Rappler Podcasts. This is Hustle Inside the Industry, where we talk to professionals and find out how they got here, why they're doing what they do, and what it takes to do it. As always, this is Pawi. And I'm Tristan. We are part of Rappler's Hustle Team. Okay, so Tristan, this episode is sort of about food. It's not yeah, I think it's like mixing our two interests, like tech and food. If you notice, Tristan and I talk a lot about food, and food is actually definitely a huge application for this particular app that, and website that we're about to talk about. Yeah. But as I'm sure we'll find out just one of perhaps many use cases in the future, yes, today we are talking about online ordering and delivery e-commerce, which is as ubiquitous on our show as it is in today's economy. Pickup PH is an e-commerce startup that seeks to simplify the online process for businesses and customers alike. You'll find many beloved restaurants on this platform, from last episode's guest, Habit Food Group, to a personal favorite, Lechinesca. Check it out if you haven't already. Here to talk more about Pickup PH, please welcome the co-founders, Inga Chua and Tommy Woodwick. Hey, Inga. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. As Pawi said, we're talking about food, commerce, tech. So, um, we don't want to be the one describing your business. So maybe in your own words, how would you, how would you describe the cup PH? Um, so, I mean, really, really simply, it's a zero commission, zero subscription, online ordering and delivering platform that does marketing and analytics as well. Like we kind of want the last online platform, like an F&B, like merchant would want to have. So it's fully integrated from payment, delivery, basically taking away all the headaches that most merchants experience because it was something that we experienced as merchants as well. So everything is like our wish list, everything you really need to survive online. Zero commission, zero subscription. This almost sounds too good to be true, but, uh, you know, let's let's let them unpack it, right? Uh, Why don't you two tell us uh, a little bit about yourselves? Um, What were each of you doing prior to pick up PH? And how did you both end up deciding to launch this particular startup? So, yeah, my name is Inga. And uh, basically, my background is I've been working for the family business for in real estate and banking for about 12 years. And during the pandemic, a lot of things shifted. I asked for every, with, it, with everybody, right? Uh, certain businesses all, all of a sudden didn't need our attention as much. But then we kind of found that our small pizza place called Crosta, which was something we had pre-pandemic, but was never really a main business of ours. We kind of all of a sudden saw it picking up during the pandemic. Um, And as we were growing during the pandemic, which is kind of, you know, odd to say at the very least, we were experiencing um, a lot of problems along the way. So from the family business, we kind of shifted into this little startup, this little restaurant startup that we had. Maybe you can tell us what the name of the, the restaurant or the food business was. Crosta. So we have a place in Poblachon called Crosta. Poblachon, yeah. Solid. Yeah. We, we, we were not, I don't know if you're familiar with our space, but we're like in a container van, which is a tiny, tiny space. It's like 15 square, square meters, right? It's tiny. So we had certain challenges with growth. 
while most businesses, if, if for instance, they get an influx of customers reaching out to them on Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Viber, uh, most would probably just throw people on, on that particular solution, right? But because we didn't have the space to actually put people inside, we kind of had to think outside the box, no pun intended, <laughs> outside the container box. Um, and you know, we, and Tommy, and you'll find out he's actually in software development. And that's when we said, you know what, we need to come up with our own solution that would really solve the problems that we have without necessarily just, you know, throwing more people into it, you know, like really making the whole process efficient. And in fact, that's kind of how pickup was born. Um, it was born out of the necessity to become more efficient to be able to serve customers better because at the end of the day, if you don't have the, the infrastructure, everything kind of falls, falls apart, right? Like customers are messaging you on Instagram and then you don't reply. You know, everybody kind of wants instant gratification, instant mm. service these days. Mm. So if you don't reply within 10 minutes or less, they'll be like, hello, are you there? Is anybody there? Are you even online? Um, so there were a lot of challenges that we faced growing, um, but yeah. thankful for those challenges because yeah, Pickup was born out of that. You know, my main background is in software development. It's it's our main business. Um, you know, we we build software um, and distributed teams for some of the largest companies in the world. Um, so, you know, that's actually my main business, and and we have Cruster together. And Inga is the Cruster queen. I'm I'm just the taste tester, and and sort Ooh, of you know to Inga's point, we, we're sort of you know doing a bit of technology as well. We know that 2020 became a highly saturated market for digital transformation for business. So basically, I'd like to ask you, like, so what market problems were you trying to address um, specifically with Pickup? And like, how did you differentiate yourself from the um, quote-unquote competitors or other tech startups? I think that's actually a really interesting question. I think um, there's, a, there's a few things as to why we are where we are today, I think. So, you know, backstory with what Inga said. Um, we have a little pizza restaurant that really is kind of headed up by Inga and all because of, of her hard work. And, you know, she would come home and be really frustrated with the challenges that she was facing with the restaurant. And, you know, we went out and we were looking at um, at solutions to the problem. And, and actually, you know, there are a lot of great products, by the way, on the market. So, you know, you have really good marketplaces and there's a very, very strong purpose for them. Um, but what we actually found was that we, there wasn't really anything that worked really well to tap into our existing customers. So returning customers, not necessarily new customers. So marketplaces are great for new customers, but they come at a, a pretty significant uh, commission. And so we were more interested in how do you actually tap into the returning customers? And we couldn't really find something that was available. There was you know, Shopify, um, but it's expensive, it's cumbersome, it's very difficult, it's like WordPress, it doesn't work so well. And it was built for retail, not for food and beverage. And so it's kind of like, you know, putting a, a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't really quite fit the solution and what Inga needed. So I think we were just kind of lucky that I'm in software development. Um, you know, Inga is, is in real estate and, and we're together in food and beverage. And so she was able to kind of share the pain points. You know, we didn't want to, we don't want to be another food panda. We don't want to be another grab food. Um, we think that they are great players and and they're in their market and they do a really great job. And we don't actually think the industry needs another food panda, another grab food. Um, and yeah. so we just said, well, we don't want to be them. We actually just want to solve a problem that we, we've experienced. And as it turned out, it was really just a solution for Crosta. So we never actually built it to, to wow. offer it to other customers. 
Cool. And then we had a couple of customers yeah. going, oh, you know, a couple of friends, well, we have friends in food and beverage. And, and so they were like, oh, you know, can you build this for us? And we were like, oh, like, not really. Like, we just, you know, built this. So when there was enough people, you know, it was actually Inga that was like, well, maybe we should, you know, offer this to other, other restaurants. And so, so that's kind of where it was sort of became and, and it sort of evolved a little bit from there. But, but I think that's the reason why we're doing what we do. And, and I think that, you know, to your point, uh, you know, you look at the digitization of, of the Philippine economy and you really need that, right? I mean, the growth you're looking at is like 30% year on year. Um, and it's now, I think, three, three odd percent of the GDP. It's going to become over 5%. So it's going to be, become a very important aspect uh, to the country from an economical point of view. And so I think that there needs to be more players. And I know as cliche as that kind of sounds, um, I think that there's a lot of solutions that are required for the Philippines to really yeah. digitize. And so we're just one yeah. of those small guys trying to do what we do in the area in which we think is it's important. It really follows the old saying that like the first customer must um, should be yourselves, right? Yourself. Like we're not intending to yeah. <laughs> actually offer this as a service, but like really um, serve the pain points that you, you yourselves were experiencing. Having the MVP come out and then go through the process of improving really quickly because once something once a new feature was pushed it was something that we tested really fast at Crosta if it didn't work we killed it if there were some problems we fixed it right away if it worked great it was very it was a very fast uh feedback loop and because we because with Crosta um because our prices are also very reasonable we couldn't be reliant on third party or third party apps really so a lot of our sales comes from on direct sales from online so it was like a lot of people were using the app right away from the very beginning so provided really good feedback i want to talk about uh your business model then or rather uh, basically how, how do you make money because because you again you you reference food panda and and all these uh these other uh seemingly similar platforms but you're not like them so how yeah. how are you not like them then how did how does pick up ph make money yeah, it's really, really good question. So I think that a lot of these other marketplaces are a conduit to the customer. The customer really belongs to the marketplace. And and so when you go into a marketplace, you're you're browsing and you go, oh, I don't really know what I want to eat. And so you're going in, you're looking at other, other options, and then you're going in and you're transacting. Um, I think the difference with what we were trying to create is that we're, we're not that we're not a marketplace, right? We, we enable businesses to be able to sell to customers. And it's no different to like having a restaurant in SM Mega Mall or having a restaurant on a side street. If it's on the side street, you need to do the work to generate the customer to your restaurant versus if it's in the Mega Mall, you know, you're going to pay a commission because they're going to get the foot traffic for you. So so that's how that, that the difference is. And, and on to the financial model, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Canva. It's an Australian oh, uh, startup. Oh, yeah. Of course I do. Yeah. Canva uses. Yeah. Story. Canva Pro. The, the Canva Pro. So don't call me a Canva Pro. I'm a Canva beginner. <laughs> she's, um, she's, I think she's half Filipina yeah? anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Good. She is. And yeah, one of the yeah. richest, one of the richest Australians. But I think In the Australia. great success story about that is that it's a freemium product. And so it's very exactly. focused about um, solving a problem that they saw in the marketplace and actually saying, we're going to offer a really amazing free product because we think that's what the market needs. And then, you know, there are other premium aspects that other people can can subscribe awesome. to or, or upgrade yeah. to. But actually, the fundamental product uh, is free. Just like with Canva, I think they, they kind of they had to prove, right, that their product actually served the purpose first. And since it was also relatively new, I think they didn't really know whether 
you know, how, how it would pan out. It's we're kind of in the same state in a way where like we really want to prove that we will be like the last online platform that you will need. And, you know, we, we if you think we are worth it and uh, and you're happy with the savings, right, that you're getting by using our product, then it's, you know, um, kind of like Canva Pro, you would have that uptick if you wanted to have certain features that you wouldn't want to unlock, yeah. Um, you started this business to address the pain points in the F&B business. But I'm sure like with any startup, with growing your own purely digital business, you also have your own growing pain. So maybe you can share with us like some challenges or some lessons that you encountered yourselves in building Pickup PH. From a sales point of view, the way we've been marketing, we haven't been marketing ourselves. Everything, all the clients that we have, uh, we've gotten them through word of mouth. So all started from people using Crosta at first, actually. Um, yeah, other businesses, other business owners, basically reaching out saying, hey, I saw that you guys are um, the platform that Crosta is using. I really enjoyed using your platform. Sign us up. Kind of thing. So in the beginning, it was very kind of simple. We would actually upload their menu and we would create, basically create their site. But now that we're seeing a lot more people come on board, I mean, um, and this is why I think Tommy will answer this particular um, problem. We're seeing that we don't have um, enough bandwidth to really. Uh, there's always more you can build, everybody. and, and in yeah, software development, more, yeah. in an agile environment, there's always so much more you can do, and there's always kind of throughput issues in terms of we want to have everything, uh, but let's peel it back as to like what are the most prior, like what are the what are, what things need to be prioritized. Some of the other challenges that Inga, you know, would come to us with is is really about usability. I think it's another point that. Um, is really important to kind of note you know the the thing is the difference between software that works really well and software that doesn't work well is you know about how it's designed the architecture um the infrastructure the quality of the code and all those sorts of things but but also actually it comes down to really getting fast feedback loops and understanding from the user experience for actual people using that um you know is it actually working um because there were so many times where i would create a new feature um, and Inga would use it and be like, that doesn't work. I'm like, of course it does. She's like, no, it doesn't. And then, and so it was like, okay, so why doesn't it work? And so when it don't, when you unpack it and you start to look at it from the, the use case, from the user point of view, um, you get some really good insights and things that you assumed would work from a, you know, from a design point of view in software. And when you actually get it in the hands of the users, what you find is that actually, that is a very different, uh, ball game. And so I think with Inga, the challenges that we faced initially as well, is is really the usability uh we you have to kind of overcome that but i think the other aspect too is that you know i think people fall into that trap of oh well, i'm going to go and build my own website and my own app and and my own this and that and, and you know i sometimes get people messaging me and saying oh you know do you know when a developer i'm trying to build this next thing building software is extremely difficult and yeah. it requires uh teams and it, and it and it costs a lot of money and, and we have a lot of people that we know who have tried to build their own online stores, very big businesses, and they've failed at it. And the reason for that is that, you know, anybody can can build something. I mean, you can go to freelancer.com and someone can, you can hire a developer who can build things for you, but that code will not be scalable. And so you need to have teams like front end, back end, you need to have, you know, QA testers, you need a tech lead, you know, you need an architect. Um, and, and so you, you need teams. You can't just get one person and say, hey, build, me, build this for me because it doesn't work that way. So I think um, the challenge that we kind of had to sort of overcome as well was when we were building the app, I think the expectation 
from, you know, even from Inga, it's like, oh, I need, you know, we need this product. And she's like, I need this fixed. And so we need to like kind of prioritize um, and kind of, you know, build out the products and test them before we, you know, we push them and so on. So I think those are maybe the challenges from a development point of view that, that we faced. Um, you know, we're lucky that we've got a, you know, we, we've got a very large business in software development. Um, and so we were able to pluck amazing uh, developers and, uh, and it was a lot easier for us because we understand software development, but I think um, there's some of the challenges. You're giving us a clearer picture of what things are on the inside, on your side. I want to talk more about the uh, client experience now. There's so many factors. You said you're, you're an all-in-one app, um, integrating all these solutions. You're not competing against, in fact, you, you have Grab as your careers and, and Lalamove, I believe. And if I were a pickup client and I had your base level uh, freemium model, what are some of the uh, premium what are the premium services uh, you offer uh, specifically to your clients? Yes, yeah, so um, we've we've got a we've got a number in the in the works. I think some we can talk about, some we'll you know we keep them as like ultra secret. Just easier. Um, I'd love to just say you know I'd, I'd tell you, but I have to kill you. But I um, I don't want to kill you, so I'll just tell you. Um, so yeah, we've we've got some premium stuff that we're working on. I think you know promotions are a big one, uh, marketing engines, marketing automation. Um, automation tools uh, to help cust- to help merchants, you know, have better relationships with their with their customers, um, and and that sort of stuff. That that that's where I think the premium sort of comes mm. in. And even then, it's very reasonable with what we're we're looking to do. And I think that that's where, to Inga's point, I think like if you're using something and you're getting and you're seeing utility in it, and you're really seeing the value, then you know the question you say is like, will I would I be willing to spend a little bit more? to be able to access mm-hmm. the you know the full gambit of the you know the the pickup pro so to speak and 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 actually i think when we when we look at pickup as an example i think the money the amount that we've saved in not paying commissions has actually resulted in us being able to open you know we're, we're looking to open three or four more restaurants so it's wow. a material saving and so That's the crazy. amount that you save by um, you know, playing, I think you need to fish in, in lots of pools, right? So you need to fish in yeah. your marketplace yeah. is very important. We're not replacing them. We never yeah. will. No. But I think you also yeah. need to fish in your own customer yard. And 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 I think Correct. that being able to do that is very important. And there's a lot of money there and a lot of savings and not paying commissions that you can gain from that, that you can then reinvest into marketing activities so that you can own your own digital presence. And I think that's really important. It's exactly. something that Coming, you know, well, I've now been in the Philippines for six or seven years, but in Australia, I think you know every brand does a does a I think a really great job in owning their presence. It's very important. Whereas I think in the Philippines, especially in food and beverage, we see a lot of businesses that don't have any digital presences, but they're they're huge mm-hmm. businesses with over a hundred stores and things like that, but yeah. no website and no no online presence at all. And so I think um, that's really kind of where we want to play. And, and, and we did that because I think we believe that it's to survive, right? Especially during this day and age, you really like, why, why, why charge for the basic necessities? Kind of like with Canva. It's like being able to choose mm. certain fonts, being, being able to mm. add certain photos to create just a nice, you know, photo, um, Instagram post. Like it, it, I think it's, it should be a basic right for us. You know, that's how we see it. Delivery, payment gateways, these should be basic rights for online um merchants you know so it's more of just these other features that they may actually some people who already have their websites may not even know actually exist as well you know and there are so many other ways that you can actually improve your online presence yeah 
Yeah, and, and, and just to that as well, we focus a lot on the user experience for the merchants too, right? So we understand that merchants are busy and they've got a lot on their plate. And so I think it's very important um, to, to create an interface and an onboarding process that's very streamlined, very easy to use. It's intuitive. Um, I mean, we, we can get, we got our fastest merchant uh, started with us and was live taking transactions the same day. Right. Boom. So, wow. You know, you know with, when you have a Shopify account, I mean, you're going to spend weeks, maybe months just integrating it, customizing it. You know, it's yeah. all about yeah. speed of use. And I think that if you can if you can get a business that's not used to being online and you now need to bring them online, you need to understand that they're not going to be that sophisticated. Right. And so we want to be the Facebook page. Right. For, you know, for your for your online ordering. It should be as simple as just putting in your information, get va getting validated, and then being able to input your menu in a very clean, in a very clean and quick way, so that you can be selling to your customers. That's your job, right? All we are is a conduit to allow you to do that in the fastest way possible. I just want to do some forecasting. So you know, you, you said you said yeah. you said earlier that like um he might kill us. Bandwidth yeah. can't stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we don't want. We don't want to like put you in a hard spot. And, uh, you have to answer us with specific plans, but like maybe you can just get like give us an overview of like how do you plan to scale your business? Is it via diversifying your product offerings, or are you eyeing like an alternate business model down the line? So I think the only thing accurate about forecasts is that they're almost all wrong uh, to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so you know I, what? I, that's I, why we know. record this so that you can like watch this years later and then slap yourself <laughs> in, in like, the face. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've got the hockey stick ready to go. You know, yeah. you just have to watch it and it goes right up at the end. Uh, look, I, I think, it. you know, we, we, we certainly have a product uh, that we're focused more on the merchant. I think that if you can look after the merchant, I think that, our merchants yeah. really are looking for an op for for a solution right now, and so, um, you know, in terms of the scale, uh, you know, I think if you you only need to look at the freemium at freemium models um, businesses. I mean, a, a great book to read is Blitzscaling by Reid Hoffman. Um, there's plenty of Ooh. books that, that about this, but I think that, you know, if you look after the customer and the problem, right, and then I think that you know who's going to complain about something that's free, firstly, right? So. Um, you know, if if I was in if I was in the position where I wasn't maybe so biased in loving pickup, right? Because you know I am biased. Um, if someone came up to me and said, "Hey, you you don't have the ability to sell online. You can sell online, take payments, and and manage all your all your deliveries and update your customer, and it's going to be free." What is your objection to that? So so I think from a, from a scale point of view, from our point of view, is that. We just want to focus on having a great product that really works for the customer, and we think that the scale should hopefully yeah. look look after itself. If mer if we do a great job, more merchants will introduce other merchants, and I think we're seeing that at the exactly. moment. Exactly. Just the natural yes. growth. I, 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 yeah, I organic I from that. Don't panic. It's yeah. all organic. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, you are experts so to speak uh in in your respective field so uh so you you know the the view on the ground so uh we're wondering especially in a post-pandemic market where uh you know a bunch of things would have would have shifted um what trends yeah. do you imagine similar businesses like yourselves or even like your clients uh what do they need to embrace if they are to stay competitive in the future for me one of the most important things is consumer behavior 
Um, and because pre-pandemic, a lot of people were very uh, just accustomed and spoiled to doing a lot of manual orders, right? And um, what we see in the future, given the fact that more people are now more comfortable to order online, to pay online as well, because there's now that the infrastructure for the digital um, uh, ecosystem is actually becoming more concrete. I think you'll find a lot more um, restaurants that will be uh, fueled by technology. You know, a lot of technology, technology-driven kitchens. Um, I think, although dining is picking up and people are still going to eat out, some people have grown accustomed to you know having a lot more choices and the convenience. Like I don't go to the groceries anymore because there's Peru who delivers my grocery to me. So there's certain changes in behavior that I think are going to stick post pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, I, we really believe that one of it's going to be technology driven um, concepts and you know cloud kitchens, for instance. And I think we're seeing a lot of that already. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> okay. ask what's next for you? What's next for pick up without spoiling anything? So maybe you can even tell us like what's next for your cross stuff? What, what do people have to look out for? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for Crosta, we're actually expanding. Um, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're opening up in Salcedo uh, nice. and we're opening up a, a couple of other branches. So uh, we're, we're actually doing a hybrid model as well. Where, um, we know dining is important and we know that our products also are you know, delicious when they're fresh out of the oven. Although we do pride ourselves in having a product that travels very, very well. And that's why we get clients to order all the way from like one time we got somebody order all the way to from uh Binyan, laguna mm. and we have a couple of clients from alabang it's because they know our pizza travels yeah actually we had a couple of people bring our pizzas to davao to Tacloban. um and yeah wow. I, I just get people messaging me saying hey your pizza's here <laughs> anyway uh, for crosta we are planning <laughs> to expand into that's other great. spaces uh we're gonna, we're gonna be because we kind of uh, are cloud kitchen of some sort right now because we don't have dine-in. So we we are planning on doing a hybrid model where we are gonna have uh, branches with dine-in in very big communities. But we're still gonna be proceeding with expanding um, in the cloud kitchen setup. I guess you could call it that way, where yeah, it's gonna be primarily takeout and delivery. Yeah, and and with uh, we pick up. Look, I think for us it's still very early days. I think we you know we have a lot. I think we we still have a lot to do in terms of um, you know building out the infrastructure and making sure that you know we're still getting a lot of feedback. We you know we intentionally have a closed beta for a reason. You know we we really want to work with merchants that are interested to give us feedback on a regular basis, um, and that's the whole purpose of of being in beta. Um, because you know when we have great merchants and they're doing volumes and they're able to give us feedback we're able to improve the system and that's just better for everybody and and so i think you know i think for us it's really more about um you know we want we would love to be dealing you know working with you know more merchants but we don't want to have too many because then i think we stop we stop getting that feedback and so i think um you know we'll just we'll just walk briskly forward um and then i think when we're ready um, we're, we're very much excited about the day where, um, you know, we're ready to really kind of launch it big time. And uh, and hopefully Ooh. that's not too far away. So I think at that point, uh, the forecast would... Uh, I don't Manifest. Know which, like, 
it's you go like that. There you go. So <laughs> there you go. There's your forecast. Frosta, <laughs> pizza, <laughs> hyperspace delivery. So exactly. So, uh, yeah, right to Mars. There you go. Uh, Tristan, yeah. I I owe you some money because I, I lost the bet. It looks like they are not announcing the pickup PH NFT. <laughs> we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, it's we, a cat, we, by the way. It's a cat. <laughs> not the it's your cat. Yeah. There you go. You shared a lot of wisdom that I hope everyone can take home and uh, pick, you know, pick up, take, take out. Okay. Anyway, um, any last <laughs> bits of advice? <laughs> I was like, I could have said takeaways, that. Takeaways. 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 Um, there you go. Yeah, take two. Take two. Any takeaways. Um, any last bits of advice, uh, especially for our aspiring tech and uh, e-commerce and food and beverage uh, professionals like yourselves? My advice, I think, is. Uh, you know, not to build a product that's solving, I think, a key product, a key problem um, that you actually have experience with or have, you know, yeah. um, subject matter knowledge of. I think you need to really understand the problem space. Um, you know, often, you know, we, we see things, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to do this? And I have a lot of people that talk to me about, oh, I've got this idea to do that, but they don't understand it. And then, you know, when they when you start to uncover it, they find that there's already a product or, or there's a lot of things in place that are kind of what they wanted. So I think it's important, you know, um, is just to kind of, if you have subject matter, if you're a subject matter expert, you don't have to be an expert, you've got some knowledge in something and you're seeing an opportunity. Um, I think that's normally the first starting point. And then if you're not tech, that's okay. Um, because you, you don't need to be a developer in order to start. I think the, you know, the founder of Canva, she's non-tech as well. And, and, you know, and I think both the founders were actually non-technical. So, <laughs> you know, there is a way to do it. So, But the easiest way to do it is to find a, 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 a technical co-founder, right? I mean, that's obviously the easiest way to do yeah. it. Um, but, but I think that's, you know, my, my advice is, is normally uh, more about understanding fundamentals of businesses and business models. I think reading a lot of books around that is really important because, you know, it's not just about solving the problem, but it's also about understanding, you know, how it's going to make money. Building on what Tommy said, because I think what he said was actually very great and spot on. I think um, just being very close and really paying attention to your consumer. Uh, we are in every, like we're in the group chats with every merchant. Like, you know, if they have a problem, we really want to understand the problems they're, 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 they're experiencing. You know, how can we make this a better platform? And I think um, just with the way we actually built this, the MVP, right, was... Tommy listening to problems that we were encountering at Crosta and vice versa. And for us, it's just so important to really listen, you know, um, and understand, listen and understand. Because sometimes what they're saying may actually be different to, you know, what they actually need. You know what I mean? So, but just paying close attention to your consumers is very important Love for any business, I think. The limits of human language, but, but awesome. I wish we could go even like further into all of this but but unfortunately our time is running out we're not gonna let you go just yet we're gonna wrap things up as we always do with our play of the week now we talked a lot about work it's time <laughs> to talk about play any fun activities or recommendations for our listeners to unwind from the busyness of business i actually really like traveling i think being on a plane and being away from everybody that you know there's no phones messaging and actually just being able to kind of close down i put my earphones on and I just think, and I think actually some of my best ideas have come on, on flights just because there's nothing else. It's really, I really like to get to kind of, you got to think really deeply about things. And I think that's one thing that I like to do. Um, it's not really an activity uh, thinking, but um, 
Uh, but you know, we we like to snowboard. Snowboarding is always fun. Being Ooh. active, obviously, is very important. Um, and then just reading, reading. Yeah. I think reading as much as you can. If you if you're interested in something, you know, don't just be passive. I think you know, be aggressive in your interest. You need to really understand it as much as you can. And and I think there's so many books and there's so many people who've done it all before. I mean, you would be silly not to try and learn from them. So I think reading is is uh is is the most important thing uh and i love doing it i love i have lots of books that i read uh, on a regular yeah. basis yeah we already got one Sounds recommendation really geeky, earlier but uh, i love it yeah, yeah I, I, I can give you lots of startup books if you a want lot, yeah. um uh, let's throw in one more title you recommended blitz scaling earlier uh, uh so yeah blitz scaling zero you know zero to one by yep. um, peter by, by peter teal you've got um uh, pitch anything by Oren Claff. It's a really, it's an unknown book, but it's about this guy who's really good at pitching, um, and just talks about, um, I think the psychological frameworks in, um, <laughs> in understanding frame Love control. Those. So, you know, when you're negotiating and stuff like that, um, what else scaling up by, by Vern Harnish, amazing book, um, about getting a business from sort of zero to like a hundred thousand to a million to 10 million and so on. Wow. Um, exceptional organizations and yeah, heaps of them, but, but those ones blitz scale though, uh, blitz scaling is, is really a, a great, a great Check it out. Yeah. First time hearing about that yeah. one. Um, Inga, how about yours? So for me, I will go the more relaxed route and I would actually recommend playing some board games with your family. Um, there's this game that Hello. my family and I are really enjoying right now. It's called Dixit. Something more physical. We play throw, throw, burrito. <laughs> Especially if you're... That was a Kickstarter wanna... game, right? Wasn't that a Kickstarter That is a dangerous game if you know I know, you throw. have to throw it. You can like really hurt somebody with that know, thing. Yeah. Isn't it in like the instructions so I, I recommend... to like, you have to clear the space of all like fragile furniture and stuff. Yeah. It's like dangerous. But that doesn't Basically, happen. Nobody reads instructions anyway. They're yeah, like, yeah, oh, what is you're this? All, we're all adults. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> The only thing fragile in that game should be your ego when you get Ooh. hit in the face. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm oh. the worst person to play oh, yeah. that game with because I'm, I'm like six foot seven. So, you, you know, Yikes. you can throw the other side of it. You're going to hit me. So, um, yeah. You got to get your. No dodging at the end. Tristan, how about you? I actually wanted to give another play of the week since um, I started watching Cowboy Bebop, the live action Netflix adaptation. but like halfway through I, I left <laughs> i changed okay um okay the less okay. the less said I, the less said the better so i started watching the wheel of time on amazon prime so yeah, how do wheel i of time, yeah. How, yeah how do i condense the story it's the typical hero's journey fantasy high fantasy where like there are um four four or five chosen ones how, yeah, how do you call them yeah and then basically there's a dark lord and then basically Ooh. they're trying to find um who is a chosen one amongst the five and then they're protecting they're being protected by this um old witch yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm struggling with the with the description sure, so basically sure. it's like a, a gandalf a gandalf analog who's like played by rosamund pike of gone girl yeah that's amazing so her task is to defend the five until they find who are the five is the chosen one I'm only on the first episode, actually. So, but I do know about the orcs and the witches and everything like that. So I'm actually really enjoying it as well. Okay. Um, mine is also something you can watch, or actually, it's a little uh, general. Uh, first of all, uh, tomorrow is the start of the Q Cinema Ooh, Film Q Festival, Cinema. 
which Tristan has been an active part in. So congrats, Tristan. Very excited. Opening tomorrow with um, Memoria, which uh, played at Cannes. Um, but but my particular play of the week is just... Um, I, I'm not advised... Only if you're comfortable with it. But I, wa- I had my first uh, uh, theatrical movie experience in like a year. I just had it last weekend. So theaters are back back out and i uh i watched spencer which i highly recommend it's about uh, princess diana yeah it's it's a good one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. by um by uh pablo Larraín. sorry who's one of uh he's definitely one of the auteurs of the day but he also did jackie for those of who are curious i watched in rockwell and um it's the same big rockwell theater i think we're maybe about 15 people uh, spread throughout so if you're curious about how the thing works you can't even sit next to each other I had my girlfriend with we had to be one seat apart and stuff and you really have to yeah. be vaccinated holding hands, no. Yeah. yeah no no holding hands, like, no holding no. hands. <laughs> long distance Favorite relationship <laughs> long distance relationship throughout the movie um, but yeah they they have very strict protocols so I just wanted to also give uh, give props to our people working in the exhibition industry um, and excited for Q Cinema. Thank you so much, Pickup. Before we let you go, tell everyone how they can follow you. Please follow us on Instagram. We, um, we're on Instagram as pickup.ph. Um, also, yeah, please visit our website, www.pickup.ph. Simple nice. as that. Yeah. And you can follow your host as well. I'm on Instagram at Fiction. And I'm at Tristan Zinampan. Wanted to give a shout out to Rappers Production Team. Thanks, Marga. Been working hard all day. Uh, really appreciate it. Our community team, Krista, welcome to the Rappler community team, by the way. And our creative team that helped us out. Thank you out there for watching and listening. If you haven't already, please follow Rappler on all platforms. You can catch us on Kumu by following Rappler.com. And you can follow the Hustle Inside the Industry podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you a new episode every Monday so you can start your week with a little motivation.